Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Good morning. Welcome back to another Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. Today is May 5th, 2020. So I'm Gavin Pickin, a software consultant for Auto Solutions, and I'm joined by Brad Wood. Gavin Pickin's sidekick. His <laughs> microphone was muted. How you, do? you sound excited, Gavin, like more excited than normal. What's going on? Well, it's a crazy week. This week we're doing Into the Box online so uh we're supposed to all be flying on to houston this week and doing our workshops if it was uh no pandemic i'd be in the <laughs> middle of uh teaching my workshop right now um we're supposed to have two days of workshops and two days of conference but this week uh we're doing it all online so it's kind of exciting kind of nerve-wracking a bit too um yeah it's kind week. of disappointing that we're not getting to do this in person i was just thinking the other day that you know we'd be in in houston last night you know eating at the hotel bar, working on presentations or something, but instead we're all sh- hunkered down in our houses, sheltering from the impending doom. So <laughs> something like that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a busy week for sure. Um, so first of all, let's just thank our sponsors, Auto Solutions. And guess what? They have this conference this week. <laughs> so Into the Box 2020 conference is online this week. Uh, you can still register um, now, and uh, you can watch the sessions live or watch the recordings later. So we try to make it pretty flexible for you. It's two days and two tracks, uh, and it's all online. And uh, that is Thursday and Friday this week. So um, if you don't want to register, uh, we understand. So we will be streaming the, the keynotes live on day one and day two. But uh, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you must be to hear me, but we'll give you a discount. So if you want to register, you can actually use the code podcast 10 to save 10% off your ticket. If you go to intothebox.org and register, you can save 10%. So if you guys are listening later, uh, it may still work after the fact if you just want to buy the recordings, but uh, do it sooner than later. And then you can check out the Into the Box and see Brad and myself and all the other oldest members, as well as a, a whole bunch of community speakers as well. So there you go. Yeah. So we also want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, we have a new Patreon supporter, Jonas Erickson. And so now we're almost at 50% funded for our Modernizer Die podcast and on Patreon. So patreon.com slash order solutions. Um, you can pick a package to, to help financially support the podcast, the open source movement, uh, and everything else we do. So, uh, thank you everyone who's supporting us already. And if you want, um, like I said, patreon.com slash order solutions, you can find out more. So now we've got the obligatory thank yous out of the way. Uh, like I said, the, the first big news event obviously is into the boxes this week. Into the box, box, box. So it is central time, so those of us on the West Coast can have to get up pretty early, especially if we're doing the keynote. <laughs> Doesn't the world run on central time? I, I thought that's what we'd all decided. Uh, yeah, sorry, you're wrong. Luis is in central time, and I'm in central time. That's, that's all that's, this and that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who else cares? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Thursday and Friday, uh, 9 a.m. Um, central to, I think, 4 or 5 p.m. Uh, central. So if you guys... Um, 
basically lots of sessions there. You'll have two streams going, so you can pick from one uh, one room or the other. It's two tracks, and it's two days. Uh, there'll even be lunchtime uh, presentations, I believe, from a couple of the sponsors as well. So, I, is someone going to bring me lunch like to my house? That would be <laughs> awesome. Sorry, the the costs do not include delivery. Uh, we did try to work it out with uh, DoorDash, but that would have been awesome, but quite expensive. <laughs> yeah, so um, probably not as expensive as real <laughs> meals at a conference, but you never yeah, know. How much would it cost a DoorDash, like you know, Panera sandwiches or something, to like every single conference attendee, so it all arrived right on time? It'd be a nightmare to to organize, but <laughs> well, I'd make you know. do it. Yeah, and I would pass it on too. Um, so, so the cool thing about, uh, the end of the box is they said, we got those live streams for free. We got all the sessions. Uh, it's going to be a yeah, great conference. Watch it online. So you, you get to see every single session cause they're all recorded, right? So choose the ones you want live, watch the rest of them whenever you have a chance, right? Yep. And we're also been working on something top secret so if you watch the keynote you'll find out a little more about this virtual conference uh the team's been working hard behind the scenes to work on a virtual conference setup and so instead of just being on zoom rooms there'll be some something else to be out of your login to to talk to people in rooms and and do other things so we're trying to set it up so it's all virtual one of those vr type conferences so uh, it's not quite full virtual reality but they're trying to add a little bit uh, to make it a little more special so uh, we'll talk about that at the keynote and uh, we're actually getting a presentation on after this to find out a little more about it too so even we don't know all the goodies just yet nice now and un unless you mentioned it i saw you uh dangling some little carrot on twitter about a uh discount code for people who hadn't signed up yet maybe yep so podcast 10 is a 10 percent off discount code so um if you go register it'll ask you for promotion code if you have one if you type in podcast 10 one zero uh you will get that 10 percent discount so save yourself some money sign up and away we go nice oh cool. my gosh i just saw a tweet that we totally should feature it's some guy who wrote a PHP library that looks like CF Dump. <laughs> it's an L so, list. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah. man. It's so okay. Cute. So cute when the PHP developers try to be like us. Yeah, like, I know. It's the, the person who tweeted it was Orangeable. And I'm like, wait, was that a CF developer that had to switch? The Orangeable sounds familiar, I'm, so I'm wondering. I'm sure so, it was. Yeah, so. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> I, I can't help but like be perusing Twitter like you talk. After yeah, multitask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we <laughs> noticed because I already mentioned the podcast discount code earlier, but you didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't listening. Yep, that's the way. Brad never listens to anybody but himself. And Sorry, even what? then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are uh, making a lot of uh, announcements later on this week uh, because the oldest team right now is, you know, merging pull requests. We're finalizing new versions of this and that and pushing everything out in a mad rush for into the box. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, one of the things that we actually already blogged about is Testbox version four has been released. So 4.0.0. Uh, and then like I said, I know there's a lot of things being released right now, but if you want to find out more about Testbox 4, you can go check that out on the autosolutions.com blog. Um, but I know most of the rest of them were holding off until the keynotes. So that one snuck out a little early. So uh, I already downloaded it and started using it on a project. So oh, it's got some nice both, little features. We both pasted the link at the same time. Oh, we're awesome. Double so, link. It's a so, double yeah. link Tuesday, folks. 
Yep. So uh, it's got a pretty, it is a major release. There's quite a few things in there, some bug fixes and, and whatever as well. Uh, so definitely check that out. Now it is a major version bump. Um, it looks like the only compatibility changes are just the Cold Fusion engine. So usually when a library goes from one major version to another, that means, you know, like it's not safe just to upgrade. There's probably some things that might be broken or, you know, I mean, I say broken on purpose change compatibility. It looks like the main differences are we've dropped support for Lucy 4.5. Yep. It's been, it's been years now since, you know, all development's been on Lucy 5 and it'll be Cold Fusion 11 which I think might be a fairly big one. There's a decent amount of people still on that. So yeah. we're, we've added so much new stuff with the asynchronous stuff and the um, just language features that we're using. We've just got to keep moving off these old versions of the CF engines because they hold us back. Um, so to be able to push the libraries forward, we've been getting more aggressive about dropping it. And we know there's always somebody out there using, you know, a layer 4.5. Oh, sorry. I mean, Lucy 4.5. Um, but uh, it's just something to keep in mind. So if you're already on Lucy 5, Adobe 2016 or higher, it looks like it should be a pretty pretty straightforward update process for you. If you're still on the old versions, guess what? You get to use Lucy 3 until you modernize or die. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, they had a couple of nice features in there. Test box output utilities. So you can output to console now and stuff like I that. I saw those. And those are mocking. nice. See, I ran into that when, when we were doing the 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 code war site because you know you're you're writing your test from inside of a you know a browser based you know proxy to a console and you want to be able to debug stuff but your your code that you want to debug is oftentimes you know inside of a different cfc than the actual test case itself so those nice little like debug methods you get from testbox don't exist so uh i noticed that in the, the release stuff yesterday the yep. you know request dot test box dot and then it has those little helpers that way anywhere inside the request you can tap into them so that's, that's pretty nice yeah no I, I definitely like that feature uh, pretty cool so Luis has a good idea every once in a while I guess right yep and he's also got the mock data stuff in there too so we're doing a lot of testing with mock data and it shows you how to generate a lot of oh so you baking mock data in now didn't read the blog post no I've only skimmed it. I've been too busy, man. Into the box is sucking all my time. Yeah, mock data CFC is now a dependency yeah, look, of Testbox Four. Well, that's yep. nice. Luis uses the mock data CFC all the time. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, we have like a project in development right now, and the entire database uses mock mock data CFC to to basically seed it for all the developers, so we don't have to worry about going adding all the records to everything. He just yeah. has a I mean, script. You say like you know, it. give me a name, give me an email, give me a password, whatever, and it just generates all the data for you yep and it gives you is active one nice. of true false there's a lot of cool stuff in there so definitely really powerful and now it's included directly in test box so cool cool now we have a upcoming webinar from john Farrar and the cold fusion community education 2020 and beyond it's their second webinar uh, it's going to be hosted tonight uh, may 5th at 7 p.m eastern uh, and so if you're looking to basically try and help the community build up education uh, and, you know, do do something other than Adobe and Audis as far as education stuff. Um, they're, they're offering that. And so if you go to the Slack on the CFML Slack channel, they have a, a channel now called community underscore courses. And so they're trying to make that somewhere you guys can discuss options and 
the plan is basically try and help build, um, you know, build software and projects for educational purposes that maybe go a little further than just cold fusion, tying into like DevOps and tying into frontier languages and try and make it more, you know, one-stop shop for, for training. So sounds like a cool initiative. And if you want to find out more, you can join the discussion in the webinar tonight. And in case they missed it last week, you had a webinar too, right, Brad? I did. I did, in fact, have a webinar. And so Command Box 5 uh, obviously was released not too long ago. And so uh, what did you cover in the webinar? I covered um, what's new in Command Box 5, <laughs> um, which I've been talking a lot about lately with yep. the, uh, the screencast series that we've gone through. <clears throat> so it's just kind of a quick... I say quick, it was an hour long, uh, <laughs> overview of all the stuff in Command Box 5, uh, what you need to know, um, the features, how they work, including the Lucy extension management and um, the new libraries that we've updated, uh, starting, you know, uh, Lucy light servers and snapshot builds, all that, all that juicy stuff is in there. So we have the recording posted. If you want to punish yourself with an hour of me talking, go for it. Uh, well, after this hour, they'll probably want another hour because no one can get enough of you, Brad. But if you do want more <laughs> Brad, he also did uh, release the last of his screencast series of what's new in Command Box 5. So now all 10 videos in that series have been released. The last one released last Thursday was using Lucy Light servers and snapshot builds. So now all 10 are being released. Uh, it's a great series. It's it's nice to have all that content popping out. And uh, I mean, I know I've watched a few of them just to try and make sure I understand it. A couple of them I had to watch a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd record a couple of them a couple of times. Yeah. I'm, I'm obviously the server stat optimization with Docker was really important. Um, so trying to get on top of that. Um, and yeah, I want to learn more about the Lucy light. And I need to get my Fusion Reactor hooked up for my CLI. So a lot of great web uh, screencasts there. Um, so go check those out. We have the latest one linked in there. And there's a playlist as well that you're sharing. Yep, I just put the whole playlist link in, and I'll add that to the um, show, show notes because I don't think you had that one in there. Cool. So next on the list, just a reminder, the state of the CFU 2020 survey is still going on. Uh, we still need your help. Please uh, definitely go take that survey. Make sure you vote for our podcast because we want some love as well. Uh, and vote early and often. Yep. And then there are partial results out route already, which is pretty interesting. Uh, like you said, almost 500 people have already uh, responded. So a lot of great. Yeah, I was going through the partial results yesterday, building the, um, the keynote slides for into the box, cool. for the command box portion. I was pulling out some statistics, some juicy, juicy statistics. So we'll talk about those in a couple of days. Sounds good. Okay. So next on the list, we have conferences. And we've already talked about Into the Box 2020. Um, so just for those of you that didn't uh, tune in right away, the conference tickets are $199, but if you use Podcast 10, you can get $20 off, get 10% off uh, if you go to intothebox.org to register. We have our ITB swag available at our online store. If you go to autosolutions.com slash shop, you can see all that. There's some pretty cool-looking shirts and stuff there. Uh, another great conference shirt. Um, because everyone's not there, if you want the shirt, you'll have to order it, unfortunately. But uh, hopefully you understand. 
You can also get last year's videos and the year before. So in 2018 and 2019, they're all $9.99 for each package. You can get that at Vimeo as well. Um, so we'll, we'll put those links up in, in the chat. Uh, if you want to get in the, ready for this week, you can watch conference videos all week long. <laughs> get, get, get nothing done. Exactly. Just, just like us. We're just preparing for yeah. the conference. Just Trying to keep those ad, customers happy too. Ad, admit it. You're not going to get anything done. Just give into it. Be useless and just watch videos all week long. Yeah. You know you want to. I was watching videos yesterday <clears> too because uh, I'm doing one of my sessions of CB Streams. And that's one that uh, Luis gave last that's year. That's why you were watching the Vincat videos, weren't uh, yep. you? And so I've been watching Vincat, which is Luis's idol. <laughs> he's uh, awesome. And so he's at the he's at the Dev Nexus conference that Luis and I go to every year. And he's one of the best speakers. He's a Java developer along with all kinds of stuff, but he's just he packs like three hours of content into every hour that he talks and he cracks funny jokes. I don't even he know is. how he I know. I was surprised that he's he's a pretty funny guy. <laughs> uh louise's uh async talk friend of the box is like full vincat man it's all pure like code samples all like just running as he types louise is totally inspired it'd be yeah. cool yeah that was pretty interesting too because uh the the conference talks at vincat was he was talking about how he hated java he was anti-java for the longest time until they released streams and completable futures in java 8 and so that's that's basically what I'm talking about is streams, and then uh, Luis is talking about completable futures because we've migrated those over. So uh, something you know like that can keep Vincat from leaving Java, then maybe it's hope to make Cofusion even better. So I've been watching those videos, um, so <coughs> watching the 2019 videos and stuff, and a lot of great content. We got a lot of uh, auto speakers, a lot of speakers from the community. Intothebox.org has all the information you need. It's this week, so definitely go check it out. We also have uh, some other conferences popping up around. We've found a few more pop up. May is conference month, I guess. Uh, Open Source 101 online conference is uh, Tuesday, mm-hmm. May 12th. So that's next week. So uh, Ray Camden is speaking at that one. Um, so some of you may have known him from previous conferences. A um, virtual one-day open source tools and process conference for developers. Yep. Mm. So they've got a lot of good content there. Uh, they had a bunch of free tickets, but they're all gone. So if you want to buy one now, they're just $19. Um, but that's just a one-day conference. So um, pretty interesting. Format includes TED-style keynote talks. What exact- I mean, I've seen TED talks, but what exactly is a TED-style keynote talk? I'm not sure. Maybe it means no slides, just talking. I don't know. But they, they have pictures in TED Talks. Uh, I, don't I mean, know. I love TED Talks, but I mean, I didn't know they were necessarily any different from someone just standing up on the stage talking about something interesting. <laughs> I always yeah. thought TED Talks were just more interesting than boring talks. Maybe that's what they mean. <laughs> uh, Dan, Venkat is V-E-N-K-A-T, and I can't pronounce his last name, uh, but it starts with S-U-B. Yeah, yeah. there you go. If, if, if you Google V-E-N-K-A-T... You will find his uh, Twitter handle, which is this right here. Oop, and look, I've somehow logged in as Order Solutions now. <laughs> yep. So, Open Source 101 is next Tuesday, May 12th. Um, Microsoft Build is also happening uh, May 19th and 20th. And so, um, it's got a lot of great um, community members and uh, uh, Microsoft developers talking there. Scott Hanselman is uh, pretty amped up about his keynote that he's been working on. Um, but as they say, it's for developers by developers. Um, you know, 
As developers, we come together to, to help the world solve new challenges, sharing knowledge and staying connected is more important than ever. So join the community to learn, connect and code and expand your skill set today. And uh, it's free. It's going to be a 48 hour digital experience. So what they're doing is actually doing certain things live. I think they're doing the keynote two or three different times in different time zones. So it'll match whatever time zone you'll get it live. And then they have a lot of the other sessions that are recorded and then replayed later. So basically, no matter what time zone you're in, there's basically some Microsoft build content going on, either uh, original or repeat of previously recorded sessions. But uh, it looks like it's just the whole week. Uh, the, sorry, the whole, uh, yeah, basically in the middle of the week, there's just two two days, 48 hours, lots of content. So if you go to mybuild.microsoft.com, you can register for that one. And that's right in the middle of Adobe ColdFusion Developer Week. <laughs> so I just found uh, Ray Camden's talk for that Open Source 101. The title's called Writing the Darn Docs. <laughs> that sounds like a very Ray Camden talk. Yeah. Big on documentation. Yep, exactly. So, so yep. So, um, Microsoft Build is the 19th through the 20th. And then Adobe Developer Week is the 18th through the 22nd. So, Microsoft Build's right in the middle of the Adobe Developer Week. And this is another free online uh, conference put on by Adobe. So, thank you, Adobe, for doing that. And it basically brings all the, the sessions and speakers from CF Summit East that was canceled due to Corona and, and basically bring it to you there. So their format's a little different. Instead of being a one-day uh, or two-day conference, it's a five-day conference with just two sessions a day. There's a morning session and an afternoon session. And so that way you can get some work done around them. Uh, they're early early and late. That way you can uh, you know match your time zone, so you should be able to see both of them. And those are available. I'm going to post the link in the chat because it's a, a pretty long URL here. Um, but you can register for that. Or if you go to coldfusion.adobe.com, you'll go to the Adobe portal and there's a big link to go register for it there. A big link, not a small link. No, it's big. It's very big. <laughs> it's hero-sized. Hero-sized, something like that. Yep. We also have uh, DockerCon live on May 28th. So... Uh, that's going to be three different streaming channels that you can jump between. Uh, they're doing the pre-recorded route. So everything's pre-recorded and released. And then the, the speaker is actually in the chat answering questions while his recording plays on. Um, and basically... That's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people say that's the way every online conference is doing it these days. Not every. Not into the box. Yeah. But behind the, behind not, the <laughs> curve, I guess. Yeah. Not every, but they say majority of them are doing it that way. So that way the video is smooth and there's no issues and there's no problems. And then they can have more time to answer questions and, and whatnot. You know, it's funny. That's actually what my church does for our live stream now. We pre record it the day before just so all the technical glitches are done. And then we all can just sit and chat while it happens. So. Yeah. I guess that is kind of a, a thing now. Yep. So as long as you don't pretend that it's live, people are usually okay <laughs> with it. Because that's why a lot of webinars are, you know, marketing people. They'll have a pre-recorded one and they just play mm -hmm. it. And people are okay with that if that you're not trying to make it look like it's live. You know? Yeah, just, just admit we recorded it, but we're here live for questions. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Do an intro, do an outro or something. <laughs> that's usually pretty good. So, um, so DockerCon. So how many how many sessions is this? Um, it's one day. It's basically three three streams at once. So there's probably like about 24 different sessions, you know, eight sessions in a day, something like that. Uh, it's docker.com slash dockercon to get more information. 
a lot of big. Um, How many know. sessions on Docker Swarm will be? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm seeing zero hits when I search the web page. If I yeah. search for Kubernetes, oh, it's everywhere. Okay, there's two hits, but <laughs> yeah. So I've been to DocCon a couple of years ago. They had like you know five or six different tracks and two or three days. So jamming it all into one day, it's going to be interesting. But how, it should be how good. do we? How do you get in this? Have a look at this. How to create PHP development environments with Docker. How to build Node apps with Docker. Best practices for Python applications in Docker. Where is the CFML apps in Docker? Did you Where sum- is it, DockerCon? Did you submit it, to Eric? Or I didn't. No, I, I didn't even know if that had called for speakers. Well, we need to submit that. We need to be like, how to slay baby unicorns with Docker. I don't know. We got to... We got to inject cold fusion into these because, like every other language, not every other language, lots of other language totally get languages get love, but never cold fusion. Yeah, unless they're using it to write a CF dump in PHP. Yeah, <laughs> they they want to be us, but they don't want to let us present. I get it. Yeah, I understand. And so, just a note about uh, Adobe Developer Week, uh, Whole Fusion Developer Week from Adobe, sorry. Uh, they are recording the sessions. They'll make them available on the portal afterwards, as Charlie mentioned in the chat, for those in the chat who aren't in the chat, sorry. And also, Adobe has CF Summit West. The dates are October 28th and 29th at the Mirage Hotel. Uh, CFSummit.adobeevents.com is available uh, for you to find out a little more information about it. Um, and I'm sure they'll, they'll give us more information as we get closer to the time. They still, and we still haven't seen any public information on this, though, right? Other than no. just them updating their website. Yeah, I mean, no the, call the, for speakers. The portal um, links out to it and stuff too. So, yeah, so we haven't found out anything else. Uh, we're gonna harass the Adobe team a little more and find out more, and maybe we'll find out more at the Adobe Confusion Developer Week. And at the keynote, they might give us more information on it. So, I'm sure they're yeah. in the holding pattern as of CF Camp. Same thing. No details as yet. Um, I'm just thinking if they're gonna if they are gonna be doing it, um, the call for speakers just speakers is probably gonna be a little rushed at this point, but mm-hmm. interesting. Maybe they'll just uh use the tried old true ones. So yeah, I, I I really think everything's on hold until we get some more information about this COVID nineteen and everything else. So we'll let you know as soon as we know. Okay, let's get into some blog content. So we'll start with the Into the Box corner, because I know you guys are so happy to hear us talk about that. So we have a Into the Box blogs post series on Meet the Speaker. So we have um, basically a Meet the Speaker, Ville De Bruin, um, Sean Oden, Tony Junkies, Michael Bourne, and Jorge Reyes. In addition to, um, we had several that we posted last week as well. And so they're all available there um, on intothebox.org or on autosolutions.com. Um, so if you want to find out more about those speakers, find a little more about the session, definitely go check that out. We All also right. had a blog post um, about Fusion Reactor joining as a silver sponsor for Inthbox 2020 as well. So thank you, Fusion Reactor, for uh, sponsoring it. And it's good that all our free advertising for you, because we keep sell- talking about how amazing you are every week, is paying off. <laughs> <laughs> they must have heard. <laughs> I, uh, I just put a link to the intothebox.org slash blog where you can find all the blog post Gavin just mentioned yeah so um a lot of good stuff for into the box but there's other stuff happening apparently in the world of cfml as well so what maybe we'll talk about some of that who authorized other stuff to happen 
Well, we can't stop the PHP guy. So, uh, Orangeable. <laughs> um, so <laughs> here's the tweet. Here's the tweet. So, let me actually pull it up and I'll share my screen for those of you who are watching. So, PHP devs, he's created a quick example modeled after the Cold Fusion CFML CF dump tag that outputs your data in a clean, easy to read format. It's up on GitHub. Uh, it's been a great replacement for VAR dump and helped me a ton. So, yeah. <laughs> so, it's cool. They've got objects, structs, booleans, you know, so pretty nice. I mean, they copied the colors and everything. <laughs> they didn't do Lucy right. style because you'd hurt your eyes. Uh, well, you know, Lucy does support the Adobe CF dump. You have to set it to like classic or whatever. Don't want uh, the orange, but yeah, it's really it's really cute when the PHP developers can can try to be like us. I mean, we've had we've had CF dump for what like since like Cold Fusion four or something. I don't know, and at least yeah, it's been at least twenty three years. It's like the year twenty twenty, and they they finally somebody wrote a dump library. Uh, I mean, unless you're going to tell me you already get this other one on the show notes, I just saw. I don't see it uh, somewhere earlier on Twitter today. I mean, who was it? Who was talking about it? Somebody somewhere that I, I spend too much time on too many social media platforms. I have no <laughs> idea what I read anymore anymore. Uh, somebody was pointing out how the next version of PHP is going to have uh, like annotations, basically. Yeah, uh, Michael Bourne responded to that on um, P, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it was like, oh my gosh, is PHP like fifteen years behind Cold Fusion still? Like, th- welcome to 2020, PHP developers. We've been doing this thing called annotations for a long time. In mm-hmm. fact, almost. I mean, Java for crying out loud is that in it? Exactly. If I, if I can't, if I can't rib PHP developers, I don't have anything left in life. Well, yeah. other than ribbing Node developers, but I mean that's a given. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry guys. There's another into the box uh, post. Teratech uh, did a little write up of 2019's into the box and what to expect in 2020. A little summary of uh, what's going on. So on the Teratech site, um, there's a, a blog there. So I'll share that in the in the chat. I thought they were all gone. Okay, so this is an interesting one from Ben Adel. Uh, he has one about the effect of file I.O. on performance experimentation in Docker and Lucy. So this one is pretty interesting. Um, I'll give you the, the breakdown. So basically, um, what he was doing is generating a, a PDF document with a whole bunch of image tags. Really simple, if you look at what it's doing, it's just spitting out a bunch of images and create a PDF from it. Um, but the problem he was having, it was taking 15 seconds to do this. So he was like, well, maybe I should take advantage of that parallel option uh, in Lucy that allows you to you know, run some, run some things in parallel. And so what he thought he would do was pull down all the images locally, you know, so basically pull them all down and then, uh, get them all set up and then use the PDF and then use a local file. So he had to use the file um, forward slash forward slash. So it didn't actually go out and uh, try and access it using the HTTPS or HTTP. Um, But what he ran into was it was taking 47 seconds to do it that. So it was downloading. It was actually only taking like 10 seconds, but it was taking almost 47 seconds to make it, uh, make the PDF. So he's a little confused. Um, and then he went through and took Docker out of the equation, just did command box locally, and he got it working in three seconds. What? So, um, so he was, yeah, as he says, holy chickens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ben's favorite exclamation, holy yeah. chickens. Yep. So, you know, basically starts talking about 
Dockerfile.io and um, you know, and the the frustration with well, if Docker's meant to fix the whole it works on my machine thing, you know, how can we test it and well, trust it with a file IO and by so, by ra- wrapping everything in a layer of abstraction, which actually is a Vincat reference. <laughs> what do programmers do? They wrap things in a layer of abstraction. <laughs> yeah. So I mean the the thing with Docker, um, there's a bunch of different drivers for a bunch of different, you know drives different hardware and so you know just like anything the the software can, isn't always the same and having an extra software interface in between it can get in the way uh tries to make it consistent as far as how you in- interface with it but doesn't mean it's going to be the same performance and that's why people sometimes will run docker and vms and other people will run docker straight on bare metal so they don't want to have that extra layer of software between it and so I understand this. I know there's some um, some interesting things with like the different drivers and there's different um, you know you can get different driver types to try and get different speeds from network drives. So did did he? I, I actually hadn't even read this post yet. I've been too busy this week. Did he actually discover specifically what the slowdown inside of Docker was? And to answer your question, Charlie, he uh, Ben did mention the local URL um, note. But he said that even when he used it, he found Lucy would still continue to make HTTP requests. Someone if Lucy doesn't use it, maybe? That could be a bug in Lucy where it doesn't respect the local URL attribute, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, so we need to maybe so we should look probably at that. that. Yep. And so, so, yeah, so he was just saying that he didn't get to the bottom of why the file I.O. is different. But, yeah, I wonder if you spin it up in different VMs and, and stuff, how it would behave differently, Windows versus Mac. And I know that uh, John Fryer made a comment about, um, yeah, the Windows sub-Linux sub systems and stuff and tend may be different. I know it's different depending if you're running real Docker, if you're running Docker, you know, Docker desktop, and a lot of different things that go into it. So really interesting. interesting. Look at, yeah, look at the Fusion Reactor Profiler. Like, you know, anytime you have HTTP requests that just seriously slows something down, it always sort of reeks of some sort of, you know, like delay in like DNS resolution or something weird like that. But it can be very tricky to troubleshoot when you're wrapped inside of all these layers of Docker. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. Just downloading the images took 10 seconds onto the Docker file IO, you know? Hmm. So, and that would be another thing to check. Was he mounting the drive? in via mount or was he copying the files in and then looking in the copy because he's if- doing docker for mac see i've run into a lot of issues in fact somebody just brought one of them up this morning that i hadn't looked at in years on windows where i'll have weird performance issues you know with like vagrant based mapped drives on windows it's kind of frustrating how many things can <laughs> can go wrong yep it definitely is so yeah, um, it's interesting. And yeah, I wonder if, because I know that if you're doing a file mount, it's very different than if you're just copying the files inside the Docker image. And maybe that yeah. would be a solution because he's not needing them after. So I wonder if he did that. Um, yeah, and as Charlie said, or he may have been using Docker volumes, which may have their own impact. And, and they do, depending if it's a, you know, the different type of volume mount. Um, volumes or volume mounts is definitely different. So hmm. interesting. We have another very interesting. Yep. Speaking of Fusion Reactor, we have a blog post from them: How to find memory leaks in your Java web applications. So this is obviously Java web applications, but some of the same uh, information in here will be useful to you. So we wanted to share that. By Nick Fluitt. Yep. Okay. 
So we also had another video live stream from Matthew Clemente last week. So command box VS Code extensions and CF format, learning by trial and error. <laughs> and it sounded like there was more error than trial. Uh, his yeah, comment so said... Uh, sometimes it's more like that, yeah. Yeah, he had he said he had 30 or 40 minutes of just debugging. Um, Tonight, I'm going to be... Just debugging uh, his Java environment setup. So that's no fun. Well, that's gotten trickier lately. I swear, with every new like release of Java, something new and amazing inside Lucy breaks. It's like an ongoing hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I really appreciate him uh, sharing those. And you know, so if you guys haven't checked them out, go look at them for sure. There's a lot of great content on. Um, he's working with Command Box and commands and. Yeah, it's it's really yeah, and I think in this episode uh, of his live stream, he was doing he was checking out the command box VS Code extension, which we just released, and the CF format tool. Yep, which is pretty really cool. cool. Yeah, we've done some integrations with our CI now, so it'll automatically throw throw chickens at you if uh, you haven't formatted your code on chicken. Mm, I like that. Um, you know, I should I I mentioned a second ago with new Java versions. I should probably tweet something about this. Um, a bunch of people this last couple of weeks have all been updating, I think oftentimes automatically without realizing it to Java 11 update seven. Um, and that has caused like no end of troubles with command box, or at least the version of Lucy that's in command box right now. Um, so I should probably throw that out there. Uh, it's weird, like null pointer exception errors is kind of annoying. Uh, I don't know what's causing it, but, um, if you're using command box at all and you start, you get like weird, like null pointer exception errors when you're just trying to start up command box, check and see if you've updated a Java seven. If you're on windows, some people it works. Other people have problems. I, mm. I think anyone on Mac or Linux, the update seven of Java 11 has caused serious issues with uh, the Lucy three, five, three, four version, which I have in command box right now. So um it's kind of a, it's a bit of a mess right there, but I'm I'm still stuck waiting for Lucy five three six to go stable so I can update command box to use it. And I think that version of Lucy works, but I didn't even try to make statements like it does work because half the time there's something I didn't know about. So yeah, <laughs> it, it it has been a mess lately trying to find a correct version of Java and a correct version of Lucy that will play together without having one issue or another. Yeah. It's frustrating we need a nice super stable version that we can use for a long time like 5.2.9 was sturdy 18 month run that we had with that was really awesome okay we also had um your blog post about what's new in command box 5 using lucy light servers and snapshot build so the last one in that little series but uh mm -hmm. pretty cool i mean if you guys are looking for some some little lucy light uh definitely Cool little thing going Some on there. Lucy Light action. And all your snapshot um, builds that breaks Forgebox because there's so many versions. Uh, yeah. So uh, I mentioned this in the webinar the other day. If you watch that screencast, um, I guess we can grab the link to it. Um, if you watch this screencast, um, there's one thing I do in there that doesn't actually work on the stable version of command box, there was a bug that I fixed in the bleeding edge. And I thought this was the beginning of the month that I recorded these screencasts. I thought that I would have command box 5.1 released by the end of the month when the screencast went live. Um, but it's not released because we've been <laughs> finalizing stuff and waiting for Lucy to finally release 536 
because I really don't want to push out Lucy 535. It has too many regressions. Um, but anyway, uh, the automatic installation of Lucy extensions when you, you know, ask Forge, you ask Command Box to install a Lucy extension and Command Box goes, oh, look, this is a Lucy server. I'll put it in the deploy folder for you. Um, that doesn't work on Lucy Lite servers um, due to the it looking for an exact match on the name of the CF engine. Um, so if you watch the, that podcast and you want to actually try everything in it, um, grab the, the bleeding edge version of command box, which will hopefully be released sometime soon as 5.1. Um, but I want to add the little note. Very cool. Yeah. Let's say it's pretty neat. I'm excited about all the Lucy light stuff. We also had a tweet from this guy, Brad Wood. He's always mm. talking. Won't shut up. Yep. So he's talking about how he replaced a 66 <coughs> line bash script with 10 lines of CFML <laughs> and a command box task <laughs> runner. And everything is easy to do in CFML. <laughs> it is. Now, to be fair, I don't know that I that I replicated like 100% of what the shell script did, but for my intents and purposes, I was able to do do the equivalent of what I needed. Um, so the matters. CFML. It is. Um, I mean, it, it was the, the shell script was just it was some basic stuff from inside of Docker containers, you know, reading, reading files out of a directory, looping over them, you know, creating environment variables out of them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just like it was just 10 lines of CFML. So uh, in my case, I was working on a task runner already and I needed some additional work done with environment variables. And instead of trying to run a shell script, I was like, well, I can do this in a few lines of confusion code. Yep, that was pretty neat. Uh, I remember you showing me that right as you tweeted it too. It's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, working on the mini box, huh? Yes, yes. That's a, that's a project I'm I'm doing for a client right now, and I'm hoping to to blog about it. But I'm actually using the mini box Docker images we talked about a couple weeks ago, or last week, or whenever the heck we talked about them. Um, which are the ones Pete Freitag made? That is an entire Docker image with command box light fully optimized with Java and it's only 78 megs, the entire Docker image. And anyone who's done Docker images with, with Cold Fusion or Lucy um, knows that you can easily have a Docker image that's 500 megs. And if you're not careful, you can end up with a Docker image as a gig. Um, oh, I mean, wow. once you start adding like Java and if you have command box in the mix, you know, and Lucy can be very, you know, verbose, if you will, on the, on the hard drive with all the OSGI bundles. Uh, but this mini box image, the whole stinking thing is 78 megs. Um, and so I'm working on replacing scheduled tasks with just a mini box Docker image with a baked in task runner. And then you stick it out there on Docker Swarm and you just fire it off as little one-off tasks. And it's so small, it's, it's way easier to deploy. Anyway, I, I've been excited about it, but I'll, I'll try to blog about it once I finally get it working. I'm still kind of like knee deep in Docker Swarm CLI commands, trying to figure out just the exact, you know, syntax to run it and everything, but it, it's all coming together. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Definitely uh, excited about that. So we mentioned earlier, TSBox 4 is released, so we have that blog post there in the blog list, so you can check that out. And then next we have another one from Ben Adele, but this one's actually a pretty interesting one. Um, reading EXIF orientation and audio orienting images using Graphics Magic and Lucy. Now, if you've ever had someone upload an image from their phone or from their computer into a CMS or whatnot, dealing with rotation is a pain in the butt. Dude, Hootsuite used to have this bug. I would take a picture on my phone. I would tweet it 
via the Hootsuite app. And the picture would always stinking be sideways. And I would look like an idiot. Like I didn't know how to upload a picture. So, and, you, so you rotate it, right? And then you upload it again. And it's still uh-huh. sideways. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and it's because the data is stored in that EXIF or whatever thing. Yep. And so um, Ben has a little video too, which is nice. Uh, I like when he includes the video, especially for this visual stuff. It definitely helps. Um, but yeah, so he talks about, um, you know, how to deal with that and use image magic to, to make sure that it's, you know, always rotated the right way and not messed up, which like I said, it's a big deal. It's a pain in the butt. I don't know how many times I've uploaded images and they're sideways. I rotate them, upload them again and they're sideways again. And then I, <laughs> I just basically copy and paste them into another document and upload them. And I'm like, Oh, now it's fine. And then you've got the whole issue is if you're caching on your server and you update the same image, you see the cache <laughs> version and then you got to wipe your cache. So wah, wah. just so you know, lots of fun. Uh, ben talks about how to deal with that. So thanks Ben for that. Um, yeah, hopefully you can stop those issues. They're, they're fun. <laughs> so we also had a blog post um, from Martin on the Lucy blog. And this is something you tweeted about. Um, basically windows Maybe. terminal command box love so if you want to have uh command box showing up inside your windows oh, yeah. terminal you can uh, add this little configuration in here and then you can have your own little pop-up in here so it'll open up its own tab it's the, the right location pretty neat so super simple but uh really useful thanks for sharing that Martin. Yeah, it's a cool little post. I had actually done it recently myself on the the Windows 10 new uh, terminal preview app. I just wasn't cool enough to just sure. how to do it online. So I'm glad they put that little guide up. Um, yep. I can't I can't wait to up, update my main computer to Windows 10 so I can use the the terminal app more. Unfortunately, I'm stuck on Windows 7. I have a mother <laughs> I have a motherboard on my main PC that's just old enough. It won't support Windows 10, and I'm like, ah, you're killing me. So eventually I need to waste a bunch of money on a new machine just so I can get off of this Windows 7 nonsense. Yeah, right as Windows 7 come out, you can get Windows 10. I know. I'm like the guy still using Cold Fusion 9, you know. Uh, that's me. It's, it's, just, it's just Windows. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to upgrade it. I did, but I can't do it. Yeah, I remember you trying a couple times to get really mad. I'm like, work for me. <laughs> well, the problem was Windows wasn't smart enough to tell you why you couldn't upgrade. Every time you would try, you just get this generic error that was like, didn't work and after like dozens of times of trying i finally went through a bunch of nonsense and realized my motherboard wasn't compatible and i'm like thank you windows installer for sucking so much you couldn't have like told me that in the error message but yeah you know i expect too much from microsoft i guess (laughs) yeah we also had a blog post from zach spitzer about client side sorting for modern uh debugging template so that's available in the 3.7 three 5.3.7. 5.3.7. Wow. Can't read. Um, so basically that was merged in. So pretty good. Um, lots of little new features coming out to Lucy. So yeah. Zach, Zach has done a lot of stuff with the, um, with the debugging templates. So it's pretty cool. And so 5.3.7 is the current snapshot builds of Lucy. So 5.3.5 is stable. 5.3.6 is release candidate. 5.3.7 is the snapshot. There's always like three versions. Lucy's like juggling they usually have three versions at play at all times. Okay. Okay. So we also had a tweet from James Moberg where he was working on a Cold Fusion app dealing with session cookies that didn't clear when he closed his um, Edge browser. 
uh, he had to go in and basically disable oh, the sitting. One. So Microsoft Edge has a feature <laughs> that oh, says when you feature. close your browser, the session cookies aren't clear like every other browser. When you open it again, it continues where you they, left off. So they, they basically redefined how cookies should work, and then they called it a feature. Yeah. And so, and so what... Uh, from my understanding, you know, if you set like a uh, an expiration on a cookie, you know, this cookie lasts for a day, for a month, for a year, then, you know, the browser respects that. But if you set, um, we used to call them vapor cookies, you know, back when, when I first started doing Cold Fusion. Um, you know, you set a cookie that basically only exists as long as the browser window is open. So you close the browser, the cookie is gone. You know, and you would do that on really secure sites like, you know, banking websites where they didn't, you know, once you close the browser, you know, you weren't still logged in. So I appreciate Microsoft Edge trying to like help, you know, like, oh, let's just make all cookies keep persisting, but stop it. Like slap their hands, like quit it, Microsoft. The developers use that kind of cookie for a reason. And it was so it would go away. Quit trying to be helpful and screwing stuff up. But what was I just complaining about Microsoft two seconds ago? Expectations too high. I was going to say, that's the first thing I've heard bad about Microsoft in a while. I mean, even people talking about Edge, Edge, the people saying Edge is better than it used to be, Chromium stuff, their dev tools are a lot better than it used to be. Sure it is. I just, I haven't used it. Yeah, for sure. I understand. Well, that's our blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Pretty good content in there. And then we have some jobs too. So... GetCFML Jobs has 24 Gold Fusion positions from 19 companies across 17 locations in five countries. And we have one new job this week from there. Uh, it looks like a full-time Gold Fusion developer in North Carolina. And that from was posted on the 28th of April. C-A-P-G-E Mini? How do, you, how do you pronounce that? I don't know. Never heard of this company. They're a global leader in consulting. Oh, Capgemini. Oh, I was trying to put it mini, like cage mini or something. No, it's so got a P mean. in it. So it's Cap Gemini. Okay, I've actually, I've actually seen them. They're they're they are world leader. They're all over the place. They have sponsor stuff at the rugby sevens when I go to see see them. Uh, always the rugby connection. So yeah. they use Cold Fusion. Apparently, I'm reading through the the job posting. Where do they actually talk about Cold Fusion? The job posting has like eight pages of information about their company, and then it just mentions Cold Fusion as like a side note. It, all it says is you need to have excellent experience of web application development with Cold Fusion, whatever that means. Wow, hmm. that's this was definitely written by the marketing manager, the HR manager, and not by another developer. Um, Interesting. Well, there you go. If you're in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, full time. Make yep. it happen. And um, we actually have a job posting from Auto Solutions El Salvador. What? So um, if you can read this, you'll find out that we have a, a UI UX web designer that we're looking for. And um, so Edgardo is the one who's in charge of that listing. So you can email him. Diseñador. Yep. Um, nice. And, and so they're, yeah, they're hiring. So some, some reason I'm hearing like one of those cheesy ass seen on TV commercials. You know, do you live in El Salvador? Are you looking for a job? Yes, that's me. <laughs> exactly. So we're hiring. Um, we got other posts coming up. Um, been doing a lot of hiring, trying to expand that team down there. It's growing really nicely. Got a, a good group down there. And if you watch the Into the Box keynote, you'll find out a little more about our team as well. That's correct. Okay. So now. We have the 
Forge Box module of the week. And so I decided to share another one of my little modules I've been playing with. Um, so this is the app startup reporter. And so basically what we did is we wanted to make sure that whenever one of our apps start up and whichever environment they're at, they send a bunch of information over to Sentry. So we know basically that the app is running and what is it running and you try and keep track of things. Docker, sometimes you get a lot of stuff where an image will spin up and then it'll die and so it'll start up again. And so you're not sure how often it's doing that. You know, you can go through logs and everything, but yeah, that's um, been a reoccurring problem with some of our clients on Docker is just, debugging the container after it's dead and gone and we're like wait a minute what version of cold box was it running we don't know it's already been you know cleaned off of the swarm exactly so this kind of phones home every time it comes online yep and so the the module determines various pieces of information about your app and then reports it to sentry uh, uh it does require the sentry module which we've discussed before uh brad worked hard on that one uh and it basically you just configure cold box um for Sentry, and then um, you'll set up a bunch of these little helpers. So basically what it does, um, the module checks your app code for helper files or the OS itself to determine several pieces of information, and then reports it when it starts up. Uh, we use an interceptor after configuration load, mm -hmm. so after it's set up, it reports to Sentry based on your cold box Sentry settings. And basically right now what we do is we have it report your app version we have a report your cold box environment, your server host name, your box.json file content, and then we do a box uh, dependency file, which is basically like running box list from a CLI. So that gives you a list of all your dependencies and which versions they are. Because your box.json shows you the Simver versions, but it doesn't tell you the actual version that was yeah. installed. So the and box dependency will help you. We would that. have that problem sometimes where something wasn't working and it would turn out it was because we had an outdated dependency that wasn't getting installed, but we didn't realize it until we put a bunch of debugging in. So it gives you kind of a whole snapshot of exactly what your server looked like when it booted up. It's nice. Yep. And so there's different things like the version. We get this from a file called dot version. That's the, the default for it. And you can basically add something like this to your CI build where it'll spit out the, the information into a dot version file. Uh, you can also do scripts, uh, box JSON, uh, box of JSON scripts. So when you do a bump patch or whatnot, you can output the version too. Um, call box environment uses the get sitting environment to figure that out. Server host name uh, uses a couple of different things to get the host name there. Um, so it basically runs down all the different pieces, but it's just a, a little module. Once it's installed, it'll do its thing behind the scenes. You don't have to do anything else. I see just a couple of things you have to add to your CI script if you want to have versions, you know, correctly showing. But nice little module. Uh, definitely helped our customers out a lot. It's been very useful. So very yep. cool. Okay. VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week. Yep. What do we got? We got one recommended by David Levin. He's uh, someone we've seen at some of the Autos trainings before, and he emailed me saying, hey, I haven't seen you do this one. Uh, maybe you should put this on your list. And I checked it out, and it was pretty cool. So it's path autocomplete. And so what this allows you to do is as you start typing include source or, you know, linking to different things, it'll automatically... Um, look through for paths. So it uses relative paths, absolute paths, uh, working in the workspace. It can look absolute paths, the file system. So, so the relative paths are relative to where the file is that you're editing? 
or the root of the site. So depending on if you're, mm. if you're cold fusion, like cold box app and your layouts are deeper, you can put a little configuration inside uh, VS code for that project. And it'll know that dot slash is actually the root of the project. They have aliases you can set up and everything. You can also use exclusions. So you can, you know, you can also use NPM packages and has automatic, uh, automatic suggestions for the folders and everything. But yeah, if I show even you the, even supports like tilde paths that are relative to the user folder. That's kind of uh, handy because a lot of times you write file paths in your code. Um, but a lot of times the IDE doesn't, you know, doesn't do auto completion at that, at that kind of level. So I assume this just checks for any time you're typing a string that looks like it might be a path. Yeah. So, I mean, it works in for your imports. And I believe if we scroll down a little bit here, does it have any more animated GIFs? No. Just that one. These docs need more animated GIFs. Yeah, uh, I know you that know, when, uh, David emailed I, me and put a couple of screenshots from using it as well, and that was pretty neat. So you know, every time I look at a VS Code project, it seems to be a requirement that every VS Code plugin has to have animated GIFs. Um, it always makes me think of one of Ray Camden's talks that I think he may have done for one of our events, in which he made a point of saying that an animated GIF is not documentation. Uh, I think his point was you can have an animated GIF. That's fine, but don't don't let that be a replacement for a documentation. Like you just throw the GIF up, you're like, I'm done. I think of that every time I see a VS Code extension because they all have an animated GIF on them. Yep, for sure. Um, so John Fry just jumped in and said, "What did I miss? Pretty much everything, John." But uh, uh, thanks for joining. We just <laughs> we just handed out the the 1,000% discount code for into the box. We pay you back 900%. Oh, you missed it. Uh, what John Farrar gets for coming in slightly late to the live podcast. Yeah. So the path order complete, lots of options, lots of flexibility to configuration options. Uh, so it looks like a, a really great little project. So thanks David for recommending it. And uh, it's almost got 500,000 installs. So obviously it must be doing something right. 500,000 installs can't be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe good, review, could be, but... good reviews too. We'll put that in there. But, uh, okay. So next on our list, Patreon supporters. So Patreon. We've got a new supporter too. We do. Yep. Jonas Erickson is our newest Patreon supporter. Um, and I we recognize that person's name from the Cold Fusion community. Yep. I think he's from Sweden. It definitely looks like a uh, Swedish name, right? Well, if you Google it, it shows up as a Swedish a Swedish uh, referee, but I don't I don't know what that's the, sure same, that's, um... <laughs> the same guy. <laughs> yeah, but um Add cold fusion to the Google search. Yeah, but thanks again to all our Patreon supporters. Um, yeah, basically without without you, it'd be a lot harder to get our open source projects moving, and things like this podcast would be possible. So um, we obviously use the funds to to fund this podcast. The other podcasts we have our open source projects like Command Box, Forge Box, Cold Box, Content Box, Test Box, and all the other boxes, uh, and all the Lots continuous development boxes. they need. So yeah, I mean. Looking at the numbers in the keynote about Forgebox and how many requests we've had with that, you can see that a lot of the costs go towards <laughs> our cloud infrastructure too. Uh, yeah, we've got to pay for all those downloads in S3, man. <laughs> yeah. The crazy thing is now we know when Forgebox is down because everybody tells us. That's one thing about being the center of uh, everybody's build process, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's and that's kind of what pushed us to go, you know, to a more robust. We always had a load balance setup server with, with Docker, but you know, when the host server went down, everybody started to be like, "Our builds just crashed." 
you know, and that's when we had to push ourselves into, you know, digital ocean, a swarm and more redundancies. Yeah. Kind of so, funny how that works, huh? Yeah. We stepped it up. <laughs> so, yeah, but let's give a rundown of all these. Who's doing the names? Did, I'll do didn't it. Didn't I do them last time? Yep. My turn. My turn. So <laughs> thank you, Ben Adele, Brit, Brit Deline, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Ballinger, Dadilis Nikki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Yannick, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamery, Kai Koenig, Laxma Terahadi, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Ryan Hughes, Scott Steinbeck, Sean Oden, Cleveland, Stephen Klotz, Synatrix, and Yogesh Mithera. So, All right. Yep, it's a, it's a great list there. And like I said, we're almost at 50% fully funded for our podcast. So, uh, of course, Order Solutions is fitting the rest of the bill. And we appreciate that. If you'd like to sponsor us too, you can go to patreon.com slash order solutions and find a package that suits you. And we'll add you to this list of amazing people. One million dollars. It's not quite that high, but we have a few. I think we'd <laughs> take it. I'm sure there's a free text area in yeah. Patreon. Pay what you like, as long as it's over this. <laughs> Heck, I, I'd take the taxes off $1 million. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it in a Roth IRA and just give us the taxes, or not the taxes, the interest. Yeah. Well, uh, if you want to find out more about who's uh, our sponsors are, you can also go to autosolutions.com slash about slash slash sponsors. Duh. Man, I can't speak this week. It's not a good time a long, for a conference. It's been a long podcast, hasn't it? Yeah, you're going to say, you gotta you got to figure out how to talk with your conference talks coming up. I only have three <laughs> sessions and a, a chunk of a keynote, so it's not too bad. I'm pre-recording all mine. I heard that's what everybody does these days. I all should. the cool kids. I'll just play Luis's from last year. <laughs> put, like streams. A, put like a voice modulator so it like lowers his voice a bit or changes it, you know? People like, uh, I don't think that's really Gavin talking. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, it's been a good week. It's been a busy week. and We've still got lots to go. Hopefully we'll see all of you virtually at uh, Into the Box on Thursday and Friday. Uh, otherwise, the rest of you, have a great fun working, and we'll catch you next week. Adios, everyone. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.